Well, hey there, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 27, that's right. The podcast has reached the 27 Club, but it's still alive, though. Wow. Yeah, please, don't. I don't want it to die. Not especially now. Not, especially not at 27. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Anyways, the, the hosts who have surpassed the 27 Club in their own lives are Chris and... Savannah. God, I just, I didn't even think about how relevant that is to today's episode. Kind of relevant. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't, I didn't even, make, I just looked over my script, or not script, but my, my notes, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah, years past, thank God. Something like that. But yeah, the, uh, we'll. you already know who it is in the title, but we'll get to that in a minute. But first off, we just want to say thank you for joining us today, being here and watching this episode. A very special one for Savannah at the very oh, least. Oh, I'm so excited. Been waiting a while for this one. Oh, yeah. So if you like what you see and or hear today, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you leave some comments to let us know what you think about the album. You can always rate, uh, share your uh, opinions over, especially on the audio world. Leave some reviews because that really helps us. Wherever, wherever you may be listening, reviews really really help five star button hit it yeah yeah Elbow smash drop that it, like five you star said, button yeah like you said last week physically assault it oh yeah the randy uh multi-man rating seven double drop <laughs> yep. hell yeah do all that well if you are new here first off welcome I mean, no 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 sorry you come second we got to welcome back everyone who's been here first already if you've been to this podcast before you know what's up and you know that i fumble all the time so this only makes sense welcome back we are glad to have you here we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed the last episodes that you have been watching but if you are new here now welcome hello glad to have you here trust me i'm not such an asshole all the time <laughs> But yes, we are glad to have you here, build the musical community that we are trying to, uh, you know, really structure up high to the sky, and we want you to be a part of it. Uh, if you don't know what we do here on the podcast, every week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random, special and occasion or anniversary type album, or we do fan requests, which we actually have a string of those coming up in the Ooh. next few weeks. So exciting. Stay tuned for that. But until then, what we do, we choose one of those albums, we discuss it at length, rank the songs, and rate the record. Yeah. Section the podcast. I cannot stop shaking my legs. I am so excited for this one. Just going all over the place, getting giddy. You're just hey, like, just, shut up and let's start. Just in case anyone wants to comment, why won't she stop moving? That's why, and I warned you at the beginning. Yeah, this just so happens to be uh, one of your favorite albums. I'm so excited. We'll get into that in just a minute, but I also want to point out that, yes, we mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it now. We do have a Kofi page that you can go ahead and check out, kofi.com slash rate the record. It's on the screen for the video viewers, and it's also down in the description for video and audio listeners, too, so it's all good. Uh, basically, just real quick again, it's kind of like Patreon, but better, and we get more fee we get more money out of it. We don't have to pay fees to the company. Awesome. Uh, we are looking at adding more as time goes on, but we got to build up first. Uh, donating is completely uh, optional, so don't feel like you need to. All the content's pretty much going to stay free. The podcast, the singles reviews, uh, a new video that we, uh, video we coming out uh, soon-ish. We will explain that very soon. And uh, anything that would be paid is going to be like later, later down the road. But everything's going to remain free. No worries. It's just if you want to financially support us, you have the option. Yay. Yay. So again, ko-fi.com slash rate the record down in the description or flashing on the screen. Over Savannah's face, not mine. <laughs> she has disappeared. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> 
But before we go any further, Savannah like explodes because I feel like she's on the she's on the cusp of that right now. We do I'm have a so disclaimer hard. that we like to say at the beginning of each show to make sure that we're all on the same level. Uh, we're not being dicks about things. Even if you have disagreements, we can still be civil about things. It's mm-hmm. fine. The disclaimer is as follows. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album is strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast... Podcast. This podcast is a casual <laughs> and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Podcast. Yeah, I forgot we talked about fish in the show. My bad. Hey, I caught yesterday. It was delicious. Lucky you. I haven't had fish in a while. Ooh. I just buy the cheapest box of battered fish, and you know what? It doesn't matter. Still delicious. See, that's why I buy the the, uh, the breaded uh, lemon pepper sole. That's also really good, too. But anyways, this isn't podcast. This is podcast. (laughs) We specifically rate the record. And today, as you see in the title, episode 27, we are talking about the artist Kevin Gilbert and his album Thud, which I believe this was the last one he released before he unfortunately passed away. Yes. But we will learn a little bit more about him and the album right now, Savannah, if you would. So excited. All right. Kevin Gilbert was an American Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist and producer from San Mateo, California. From a young age, he was playing in bands and writing and composing songs. By the time he was 21, Kevin Gilbert had played keyboards on tour with Eddie Money and was featured in the music video for We Should Be Sleeping. Not bad. In in 1988, he and his band Giraffe, visual, I have the album... Uh, hear that audio listeners (laughs) it's uh i have the power of suggestion by giraffe in 1988 he and his band giraffe won an international music competition sponsored by yamaha and this win garnered attention from a frequent madonna producer and the two formed the band toy matinee kevin gilbert co-wrote more than half of cheryl crow's debut album tuesday night music club and was nominated as a songwriter for the song of the year for all i want to do His impressive musical contributions include credits on Michael Jackson and Madonna albums all before he turned 30. Unfortunately, Kevin Gilbert never lived to see the long-term success of his work as he passed away in May 1996 at the age of 29. Thud, visual cue again. I have the album on CD. No vinyl though, boo. Anyway. I have the CD that came with it. I have the live CD and DVD, and I have a fabric-covered deluxe more CD version of That's probably the, the most Club. impressive thing to show off. That actually looks really cool. Hell yeah, it's so soft. Mm. Uh, Thud was released in 1994 and is the only solo album Kevin Gilbert ever released, with the exception of a posthumous release in 2000. Thud was recorded at Lawnmower and Garden Supply in Pasadena, California. It was self-produced and spawned no official singles and made an appearance on zero charts. I Okay, so I looked at the Wikipedia article and I was going to ask about that recording <laughs> studio. Like, did yeah. he record this in a grocery store? What the hell? Um, I think that's what it like. That's what it was before it was turned into a record studio. And they just and- kept the name. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure if he owned it or if that was just where he did the bulk of his uh, writing and recording. I know that uh, when he was younger, he he worked at a recording studio and then would do his own stuff in downtime, which I believe you said about Trent Reznor as well. 
And um, I'm not sure if that was the one in particular. It is, a, I don't want to say it's difficult to find information on them, but unless you know where to look, it is slightly sparse. Fair enough, yeah. Because even looking at the uh, Wikipedia uh, article for this album, there was like little to nothing said. It's like it was the last album he made. That's oh, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff that I know, I, I've, because I've been really listening to them, um, um, I guess more dedicated for the last 13 years. Um, my dad introduced me to them through various means, but uh, just kind of being on Yahoo group, uh, like group forums and all of these extra releases that is a state or, you know, selling and stuff like that, reading liner notes, you kind of piece together the story. Sounds like a, a, an absolute adventure trying to figure all of this out. Yes. Imagine being oh, his biographer, definitely. but he didn't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just Shit. completely mute, doesn't say anything. Well then, if that's what we can expect out of him to be so mysterious, I guess the most we can learn about him right now is by listening to this album and going through it. It's time to start FUD by Kevin Gilbert. So let's get talking about it. Track number one, When You Give Your Love to Me. I'm going to give you the honor of going first in these tracks. Um, I really want to know what you have to say. Um, and there is no malicious intent in this. I swear to God. I'm just very curious. That, that's fine. Cause we already had my moment with year zero and like how like stoked I was to do that. So this is your yeah. time to shine. Uh, oh, yeah. fine. I get it. I understand. And I told you, I told you off mic that uh, I don't really care what you rate it. I'm still going to listen to it. I'm just going to give you the side eye from here on out. Fair enough. Yes. And as I said, too, very strange relationship. But also, that depends on what I rate everything. We will find out later. Excellent. Okay. So, yes, track one, when you give me, give your love to me. Um, It's funny kind of coming into this one because I didn't really know what to expect sound wise since I've never listened to Kevin Gilbert. So, Mm -hmm. it was just like an acoustic guitar and like one microphone, kind of like a very intimate setting type of feel because it sounds like it was recorded on one guitar, like, I'm sorry, one microphone. Yeah. Pointed out the guitar and like vocals, and so that's all you were getting out of it. And I was like, "Is this gonna be like a, a very acoustic-y, like Elliot Smith Folk. type deal going on here?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've uh, it sounded nice, but I was just like, "I hope it picks up a little bit," and it did. So I mean, there was at least that. Um, it was a clear transition into uh, like the band portion when that picked up. So I thought that was really cool. It sounds like your typical like folky rock, acoustic rock type music, like. Uh, there are different obviously there are tracks coming up that like really kind of changed my mind about that but this one kind of felt like a typical run at it which was fine it doesn't sound bad uh, mm-hmm. I like the fullness of the sound once everything kicks in so that was really nice to have in the headphones it's entertaining with the vocals in this track too yeah um, because like they carry on as if he's improvising the entire thing and like d- not knowing how to phrase a structure properly or having phrasing like structuring whatever but the thing is it it kind of works though because like it makes it feel really playful like he again like he's just like at a party or something just going as he's like <laughs> making up as he's going but people are like cheering him on it's like yeah just keep going keep going yeah so i at least dig how playful the vocals are um it was on that note though it was an interesting choice to have like this kind of false ending where there's this moment where he sounds like he's like thinking of whether or not he should continue you just hear this hmm and then it continues on again. Yeah. It would have been better if he just kind of ended it at that. He just kind of said something like, oh, I'm done. Like, if he just, yeah. like, ended the song, like, that, that'd be cool. But 
it kind of trailed off. Probably didn't need to. Other than that, it was a decent track, though. All right. Well, I agree with 100% of that. So good start for sure. Um, I absolutely adore the lyrics to the song. I can see it being played at a wedding to your like your uh, future spouse. Um, I've always thought of doing that. And I just I, I would probably cry in the middle of it because I'm just I'm an emotional crier. Um, like you said, I like the simplicity, the guitar and the tambourine at the beginning, but the addition of the band coming in kind of feels like kind of like they're on stage with the curtains drawn behind them. And as the band kicks in, the curtains open. And then at the end where the band kind of fades out and it's just the guitar again, the curtains closed to kind of end the song. I did make note of the ending. Um, I said, I do wish that the ending had ended just a few bars earlier and didn't fade out it would have made a lot more sense to cut it right where it seemed logical. Yeah, and as I was saying, too, like, you, you hear him make that little hmm sound as if he's, like, wondering if he should stop there. <laughs> he should have, and actually, I, I would have appreciated that little bit of ending because he's just, like, because it goes with that style of him feeling like he's improvising the whole thing, so it's just kind of like, okay, I've reached my logical conclusion. This is it. Yeah, and then, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the bass slides in it, I just, I like going from lower down the neck up. It's just hearing the the strings themselves and every nook and cranny on them. I always like when they include that and they don't kind of, you know, mix it out. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, the bass had a very like clinky clanky kind of sound. Like, it, like it's either hitting the pickups or just like... Yeah, I don't know. Something along the lines of that. Like, it wasn't bad. It just like, yeah. it gives it, like, very more of, like, an honest feel, I guess, less polished. Yeah, yeah. And I really I really appreciated that. And that was all I got for that one. Yeah, same here. Uh, I, I'm pretty much just, like, fast-tracking all my notes because I know you want to hear them so badly. <laughs> and it's, it's – I don't want to say it's funny, but every other album we've done that I've never heard of previously – when I'm trying to recall these songs and sort of place my notes with what I actually heard, sometimes that song doesn't automatically pop into my head. But every time I look at the song titles in this album, I'm like, yeah, I got it. And then I can like, when you describe something, I'll be able to pinpoint that part of the song because I've heard this so many times. I can imagine that's like you and Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this again, drawing it back to year zero, I mean, like an album I've been listening to for like 15 years now. So like, although there are some ways that you explain things where I'm just like, I still don't know what that is because of how you described it. Oh, I am. Oh my God, I am terrible. I literally think that I should release my own dictionary for the terms and descriptions that even I, going back at my notes, going the hell was I talking about? What was I listening to? I think as an April Fool's Day joke, you should just make a video of you reviewing like a classical album and like <laughs> really trying to like do like your most honest approach at trying to describe everything musically about it, like in such mm. a musical theory kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> And like super straight face, like oh yes, the the strings were they were fluttery and it was yeah. interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. Something I, like that. I like how the strings just sort of went. <laughs> it was great. They were wavy, like as if a finger was doing this. <laughs> Sorry, audio listeners, you're going to have to check the video. The come hither motion one. with all four fingers. That's what I was doing. <laughs> okay, we can move on to song number two. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. So, 
most of this track kind of felt campy to me. Yeah. Um, j- j- just in the way it kind of came across. Like, I know I said the last song kind of came off as this, like, this typical acoustic rock affair, but I think this one did it more so. Yeah. Um, the vocals were also very front-facing in the quieter portions of the song, which kind of made me feel uncomfortable at certain points. Because yeah. it was just, like, right there while everything else is, like, back here. So, I don't know. It, it took a little bit to get used to, but I obviously got through the track. Um, there was the occasional addition of these, like, synthy flutes, or what I'm guessing is a Mellotron, that not, it wasn't always in the background, but they were there, and they kind of, like, added their own, like, little texture and everything like that. I thought that was really cool. It, it sounded nice to add these, like, little flares every once in a while. Um, the same thing, too, with this electric guitar that kind of keeps pop- popping up in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adds more subtle textures, again, just like the, uh, the... What I'm, again, I'm just going to keep calling it a Mellotron, even if it's not, because it just I reminds me of that. I think it is. 100%. Okay, because yeah, yeah, like, just the sound sure. alone just makes me think of that. But anyways, yeah, like the, the, the electric guitars kind of like very quietly in the background also add a lot for the track. And they're not even doing all that much, but it's just, again, adds more character to the song. Mm-hmm. So it really works like that. Um, I like the trailing ending in this one as compared to the last one. Uh, it leaves a sense of mystery and wonder because the lyrics end on a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought just like the way it trailed out kind of left more to the imagination which was nice yeah and that's what I got for that one there you go see I, as I said fast tracking everything um, the to me and just knowing where I am in my life uh, over the age of 30 the lyrics are surprisingly insightful for someone who was under 30 when they were written and recorded it just it I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm stupid, but I definitely appreciate the sort of observant, uh, insightful nature of a lot of these songs. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I always move my head around like a goddamn bird every time that's the guitar starts at the beginning. It's just I can't help it. And I feel like one of those water birds just sort of nodding my head all the time. Um I I love the tone of the the electric guitar. Don't know what the effect is. Don't know if it's like reverb, but it's when it's like the uh, the higher string sort of plucking to accent certain. Oh, I, I have to listen to it again. I, yeah. I don't recall. Don't know what it is. I love it. Think it sounds great. I've always loved it. Um, the bass during the chorus is pretty funky, and it continues the acoustic. Uh, riff underneath everything else once the acoustic kind of fades away so I like that sort of cohesiveness between the two Um, and the so you're saying that the the lyrics at the end they end on a question I found that like the egg shaker at the end in my head is like you're walking on sand sort of into the sunset away like you're just sort of I don't know. That's that's the image that I got where it's like you're you're in the desert. Maybe this is one of those uh, questioning your existence on drugs sort of thought. But like you're you're outside and you're just like, what is this world? And then you're just the song ends and you're just sort of walking away out of frame. And then the movie ends. Well, yeah, you'll probably remember more than I do. But like something like the last verse had to do with like. He was like talking to his grandmother and she's like, oh, it was so much different my day. The world's scary now. And then he's like, what, yeah. what will it be like when my hair is old and gray? Yeah. Well, we won't know that question. But the idea is like he left yep. it on a question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any any lyrics you 
uh, you need clarification, I probably got you, but I don't I don't want to uh, brag too much. Well, I, I guess I we do. should uh, mention that, too. Yeah. Savannah doing lyrical analysis to an extent for probably the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything else has been yeah. a guess from here on out, but now you're actually like kind of discussing what he's saying. I think part of it stemmed from doing the Bob Dylan episode because I think you kind of do have a point where the music might. I apologize for saying this. I'm going to preface it with just look at my score. You'll understand uh, the album wouldn't have sucked so much if I understood the story behind it. Possibly. Yeah. So. I, I think maybe I should make a little bit of an effort to kind of understand a little more, but, you know, still kind of place it in how relevant and how good it is in 2021, 22. Right. So I'm evolving. Well, I mean, the day that you would like to redux that album, you just let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather die. Alrighty then <laughs> on that uplifting note, we'll move on to song three. <laughs> So we have Joytown, uh, which is stylized as one word and it's weird to me, but whatever, Joytown. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy the almost like lethargic sounding bass for the song. It, I think I've said this for another song in the past for another album, but like it has a very drunk sounding bass line at times, <laughs> just kind of like wobbling and wandering around. Uh, it drives the majority of the verse. I thought that was really cool. Um then you add in like these odd guitar placements and compositions and it really makes it like stand out in the track. Like I just, I don't know. It, it feels like it was just done by accident or just someone fucking around. But the thing is like, it just, it works the way it sounds. It's hard to describe, especially cause I've only heard it like once or twice, Yeah. but I thought it was really cool. Um, the song does get a little repetitive as it goes through. Like there's not a whole lot of a change up, but there are all these like small additions of things as it goes through the entire track. Um, it adds just enough to, I guess, make it still feel interesting for a little while. Um, it's kind of like you're trying to anticipate what's coming next because, again, with all these like smaller things being added as it goes, and it's not like it's like compiling into one bigger thing though. It's like one thing will come in for a while, then it leaves. Something mm -hmm. else comes in, then it leaves. So you're just always wondering like what's in the lineup next. Um, by the last quarter of the track, the intrigue kind of wore off for me on this one though. Uh, mm -hmm. It didn't feel like it needed to be five minutes. Yeah. Hello, I'm welcome. I'm back to uh, talking about how songs shouldn't be too long, as I do in every <laughs> single episode. Um, the saxophone at the end was really unexpected, yeah. uh, and it was so brief and minimally used. It made me question why it was even used in the first place. And there's only one other song that I can recall that has horns in it. So it just, it's. Are you lost, friend? Do you need to find your way back to that particular track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to stem off of that last point. Um, although I do like the saxophone, I find it a little misplaced. And because it wasn't anywhere in the song prior, it seems like it came out of nowhere. Yes. So I 100% agree with that. Um, there is a part in the vocals where his voice cracks. And I, I do recall that, actually. It, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it used to, I used to hate it. But now it's just... I kind of embrace that imperfection. And even though it is jarring every single time I hear it, it doesn't bother me nearly as much. Yeah. Because well, there's something endearing and honest about it. 
Yeah. Like, you, you didn't go back to re-record it for, like, because, oops, I didn't do that perfectly. Like, this is me. This is, and if I crack, well, fuck it, you're hearing it. Yeah. And and once you think about it that way, you're just like, I really appreciate the fact that that is still there. It was printed. It, it's immortalized forever. I listen I, to Elliot Smith, so if I'm going to complain about a vocal crack, I'm going to hate his albums. Oh, yeah? Oh, I've <laughs> actually never heard him before. He has a very sweet and honest voice. We will talk about him one day, but let's keep talking about Kevin yeah. Gilbert. Um, I love the bass in this song. It makes me feel the song in my chest. And I really like that. I definitely agree with it sounding drunk. Um, the guitar that comes in during the chorus, it sounds sort of eerie. Um, and I know it's just like a couple plucks, you know, a couple notes, but, and I don't know if that's like minor notes or something, but it like puts me at like sort of unease it's not, it's it's not like a, a pleasing sound. It kind of sounds, I don't know how to, how to it's, describe it. I believe it. it's called dissonance. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to use that term a few times through this album. It, it definitely, if that was the point, it definitely worked. I, I think we are thinking of the same thing. Yeah. And that, that's all I got from that. Just a, a sense of sort of unease from the music. And uh, I, again, I like the lyrics. They're very... I don't know. It's there's the cat again. Um, it's sort of Joy Town's a uh, utopia where everything is its idyllic self. But uh, I like but how yeah. that's the loudest part of that. What you just said was that meow. <laughs> you that's okay. Leave. You know what? Honestly, the kitten brings in the views, so I should just let her run the show. Just not this show. It just starts chewing on your microphone cord, and you just cut out for the rest of. The- I don't even say anything because I'm just like it's my show now. <laughs> I swear, if if that happens, we are going to never see her again. Not only that, but it would happen on this episode, the one you've been waiting for. Just the luck, the actual shit luck. We would never see her ever again. But that was all that I uh, that I got for that one. All right, then. Well, we'll move on to song number four, Waiting. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm still going first with all my comments, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, it's going to be the entire heavily, album for this one. I will heavily judge. Although you do pretty good for the first, what, three, two? First two? Uh, well, we're, uh, we're at four right now. Can't count. Hey, say, you know where what? Where did you learn to count? <laughs> hey, I have a podcast. I ain't no mathematician. Uh, if that's a reference, I don't get it. It's not. It's I literally, I have a podcast, so I'm not a mathematician. Excellent. <laughs> I'm glad this whole thing is going smoothly so far. But anyways, yes, I'm pretty sure you're waiting for me to get to this song right here. There's your pun. We need I'm one gonna, a week. I'm going to retch right now. Might as well. So I like the way that this one started. Uh, there was a really neat composition to this song. Uh, the, you have like your bass line and then like the auxiliary, uh, the acoustics and the auxiliary that are going with it. Uh, like I thought the like the the matching of all that was really cool but then like you have these like organs kick in to do harmonies and i really didn't like that yeah i thought there's a tiny little hair just flying in front of my face it's so goddamn it's distracting <laughs> i was trying not to but it's just like doing this anyways yeah or the organ harmonies uh i don't dig them uh it ruined a pretty good feeling going into this track so it's like oh no is this gonna be like the first like shit track of the album yeah we'll, we'll see as i continue because you want me to fast track all of these <laughs> oh come on 
Uh, it's it's cool how the course felt kind of like unnerving and tropical all at the same time. I thought that was kind of like a neat feel. The whole song kind of has like a tropical-ish type feel to it, yeah. especially with the auxiliary percussion. Like that really adds on to that feeling. Um, it really makes me uncertain how to feel because it's, again, also kind of unnerving. Like there's something going on behind the scenes. But I like stuff like that. It, it's mm-hmm. intriguing. So like, yes, I do enjoy that. Um. It seems like he really I've already mentioned this in the like a past track probably literally the last one but he is he he seems to like adding these electric guitars kind of like buried in the background slightly that kind of add these like just textures to a track it's kind of like its own soundscape uh, I, th- I thought that was really cool. It, it adds a lot of character to the songs when you do that. I like how an electric gu- guitar can be in a song and not just be the standout as you would expect it to be because yeah. I mean like you know electric guitar better shred. Yeah. Like, no, on this one, it's literally just here to, like, add to the sound. Like, so I think that's pretty interesting. And um, I feel like, uh-oh, this song's probably gone on too long. <laughs> the song should have started to wrap up around the 3.45 mark after the final course, but even then it was starting to feel like pushing it a bit. The yeah. final minute didn't really add or change anything. Nothing felt really necessary to move the song forward at that point. And also the ending repetition of waiting or whatever it was got really annoying very quickly yeah so that last minute or so of the song the minute plus could just chop it out get rid of it 345 were good yeah like i would have just taken that instead okay um so now this may come as no surprise to you um but i agree um i think the song could have started to fade out sooner it does feel a little longer than necessary with without bringing anything new to the table Although I like the bass and hand drum combo at the end and the bass tone is thick with two C's. So I feel like you could have could have cut out a part in the middle, but kept the very end of the song and just sort of, you know, clipped it together and shortened it up a little bit. And got rid of them saying waiting because I, I just I didn't like that. That was so I, Yeah. Ugh. Like a couple times, cool, but as you keep going, yeah, it is kind of just like I would rather just hear the music rather than the vocals on top of it. Yeah. Um, I I find that thematic thematically, the last three or this song and the last two kind of have the same sort of vibe where it's sort of, you know, questioning the world, the state the world is in, you're waiting for something, you're waiting for something good to happen, you know, kind of like that. But I do like how differently they are presented. Um, I don't, I don't ever get these songs confused, even though to me, they all are kind of the bulk of the idea is kind of the same, I guess, lyrically. Um, I absolutely love when he sings very low. It just, it pleases me and does something to my heart. It, I love it. Um, Hold up, this is a PG podcast. (laughs) Or, well, or I won't do really, any. Still. <laughs> I won't do any heavy panting this time. I promise. Um, <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I I like the vocal layering in the chorus um, because the verses you can tell it's just one single line, just one person. But then during the chorus, it's kind of like a I don't know a duo or trio of voices, and I kind of like that. Um, I enjoy the diva-esque background vocals at about three and a half minutes. They are much higher. And I just imagine just, I imagine a long flowing dress and a long wig as he's just 
you know, singing like Mariah Carey. Still got his goatee, five o'clock shadow going on. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're not fooling anybody. Um, And I do find the song sounds a little repetitive, but the music doesn't overwhelm the lyrics, which is seemingly the most important part. But as it goes on, it's just kind of, it's, uh, it's kind of difficult when you start each line the same way. Because it's just, you're kind of like, okay, I'm kind of waiting for this song to, you know, change it up a little bit. And it doesn't really when it comes to the verses. But if you start to focus on other things in the song, it doesn't make it nearly as repetitive. So it's enjoyable. It's it's funny because, like, the most I remember about that song right now off the top of my head is literally the parts I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, I know that I liked parts of the song, as I already said, but just it's unfortunate that just some of the most memorable parts are the ones I didn't like. So yeah. it's it's hard to know sometimes of what you're talking about in the track. But again, you have years of experience on this album that yeah. I do. So, I mean, that's just the benefit of that. Well, that was you with the uh, with Year Zero. It's like talking about sort of like the auxiliary kind of sounds and what's buried under whatever. And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, do, do, do. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> did, did Kevin Gilbert ever do an ARG for his album where he left a flash drive in a European bathroom for someone to find and that's how the whole thing started? No, because no? he's dead. No, because he's dead. And he also died in the 90s, so there was he no did. flash drives. <laughs> no, no. It's funny. It's funny. Just a side note. Um, so in my thud CD, there is a little piece of paper and it says, Hey, if you like what you heard on this CD and want to hear more, we offer a sampler of 10 tracks from all our bands coming from the record label. Just fill in this side of the form and send $7 by check or money order, no cash or CODs. (laughs) People nowadays asking what's a money order. I'm just like, COD, I've never had to do a C. That is cash on delivery. That's when you get when you get the item, you pay the mailman. It, and it's funny because, like, you know, I, I know what money orders are, but the thing is I've never had to do it because I guess I'm just young enough to have not had to deal with it, <laughs> deal that my life. But ask, like, Gen Z or, like, whatever the new generation is now, and, like, they're yeah. going to be like, money order what? Yeah. Why are you ordering money? Yeah, And <laughs> apparently it's up to us to laugh at them when they don't know, even though it plays absolutely no role in their day-to-day lives. You dumb bitches will never know what a rotary phone is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you stupid uh, millennials, you'll never know what it's like to ride a horse and carriage on un, uh, unmanned streets. <laughs> Have you ever played stickball in the pouring rain? Anyways, I think we're done like ripping on the older generations now. Because we oh, are literally Lord. getting there where Gen Z is looking at us and questioning certain things. Like, what the fuck is a VHS? Oh, my God. Oh, I have so <laughs> I, I used to have so many of them. Oh I God. still have a lot of VHSs in this house right now. Oh, yeah? Yes. <sighs> I don't have... I, I have two VCRs I don't have plugged in. I, I'm, I'm looking over here because they're, like, on a shelf over there near my records. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But anyways, enough of the nostalgia for one day because we can move on to track number five, T41. Yeah. Um, I really like the chill and dark feeling of this song, at least when it starts off this song. Um, I love the chords and the soft running bass. I think everything kind of played well with each other here. There's a toy piano in this track. Love the sound of that. Uh, it always manages to add something positive to a song, so I think that's really cool. There's not a lot of it. It only kind of comes up every once in a while, but... I always like the sound of a good toy piano. Like, do you, do you know what a toy piano is? Like the, the sound of it and everything? Uh, I don't know if I can recall the sound, but all I think of is uh, Peanuts or Charlie Brown. 
Oh no, that's just actual piano, I think. Well, the kid's really big to the, have that really small piano, but that's all. Yeah, I Yeah, but he had like that was a grand piano feel. But anyways, yeah, uh, toy yeah. piano. I think that's really cool. Um, it feels like most of the instruments in this track were like really shy and subdued. Like it felt like something was bound to step up and take something of a charge in the song and like kind of stand out even for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nothing ever really did. And even if it did, it was very brief. It was like, again, kind of subdued. Uh, I know there was like little elements of what could have been a guitar solo kick in, but like it never really took off in anything. Not that I was expecting anything to change the song outright, but like just to add a little more, but it felt like everything was like getting stage fright and like, it's kind of like you put your two first two feet past the curtain, but then you back yeah. up because you're like, oh, hell no. That's what the instrumentals felt like in this track to me. It's like someone has to get out there and present to the crowd. Ooh, can I can I elaborate on this before you continue? Sure. So you just uh, speaking about that, because I am a lyrical analyst now. and Extraordinaire that is, genius. That, that is all that I do. Um the the song is not shy about what it's about and uh he is he sees this girl and he wants to approach her but he never does he never does and he's very shy about it and i feel like maybe they maybe he arranged the song in that way to sort of mimic the feeling of the song and like the lyrical content you know supposing so yeah I, although I like, I didn't listen to the lyrics, but I was following yeah. the story. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, it came damn close to one of those songs where it's like you're explaining too much. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of did because I, I just it got really descriptive. Like, and you're like going up to her house and you see her in the arms of another man. And blah, although it's even more descriptive than what I just said. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was, when I was listening to it, I was like, I don't think I want to read the lyrics. I'm, I'm just going to listen to the story. Whatever I get, I get. If I don't, I don't. Yep. yep. And I will say my last note, um, this song had another decent kind of trail off time, type of ending. Uh, it's good that this album's utilizing that properly at this point, although a couple times it hasn't, but this one was. Um, despite that, though. I don't think this song needed to be nearly six minutes long. <laughs> I, I don't say that about every long song in the album, which, by the way, most songs are like nearly five minutes on this album. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't say that about every single song on this album, but there are a few where it's just like you could have cut off a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't notice that this song was as long as it was. Um, I definitely... If you have listened to our show in the past, um, almost any one you would know that I do fucking loathe descriptive songs. I hate it. It's Can't just wait like, to do Joni Mitchell one day. Oh my God, no. <laughs> oh, you know what? Stop. Um, this song is definitely a describe the scene and what's going on song. And for a long time, I did not like it for that reason. I just couldn't really listen to it. Now I've lightened up my opinion on it, but it, like it does paint a very vivid image in your head but the fact that every time you listen to it it paints the exact same image there's no real room for interpretation he's just sort of here you go here's what this is it's still not my favorite for that reason um i find that the guitar is well used and it is clear that it's more about the story Um, sort of like most if not all the songs preceding it thus far Um, I like the solo at the end it was incredibly non-aggressive it was just sort of 
I don't know. It kind of felt like somebody was just sitting there in a chair, sort of noodling around. Someone pressed record, and that's what it was. But yeah. it, no complaints. I really like that. Um, I found that the reverb on the snare sounds a little weird, and I think that comes in a little later in the song. It sounds like the drum kit is far from the mic, like it's sort of at the other end of the room. And then when that part ends and it goes back, I believe it goes back into the chorus. It just like the drums just zoom right back at you again and it's full and it's right with you. And it, it kind of felt a little weird, but uh, I don't know. I, I never really noticed that before, but now that I got my trusty fancy new headphones, it uh, is definitely a little bit more obvious. And, kind of a little off-putting the song has never really been my favorite solely bef- because of the fucking ex- explain ex- explanation blah, 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 yeah. mouth words and stuff so yeah yeah I, I figured you might say something like that just because again of where the lyrics were going and how they were built and i was just like okay mm-hmm. i can see this one as being one of the not favorites yeah yeah i i'm definitely not shy about uh my preferences when it comes to songs like that I'm just looking down at my list to see if I think we'll match on it. I'm not going to say yes or no, obviously, because we're going to find out later. But I know Ooh. in my own head where it sits right now. Uh, we haven't. Uh, I know it's I think it's past halfway point of the album. But uh, do you have a guess on how many that we may match out of the 10 tracks? I'm going to be honest. Zero. Oh, yeah. I, I think we're going to come close, but I think it's going to end up being zero. Um, I'm going to say two because I will be excited if I'm right, but I'll be content if I'm wrong. What if, what if you're wrong like the best way? What if we get like four? Well, I, you know what? I'm literally going to have to keep a confetti cannon next to the computer because if we ever get that and we exceed expectations like dramatically, I'm popping that thing. I feel like we did with the Eagles, though. That was pretty dramatic that we that's now the most like statistically matched (laughs) album we have. Well, I didn't have that idea then, but I do now from going forward. It was either Eagles or Dodgers. Yeah, it was definitely Eagles. Yeah, I yeah. That, that broke the record. I was like, holy shit, it's the Eagles? Yeah, I think or, our sorry, top Eagles? three. Our, our last song was the same, and I believe our top three were the exact same. Yeah, Victim of Love was definitely number one. I know oh, that Oh, hell much. yeah. That's the best song in the album. Exactly. We, we That's why was, <laughs> we both had it as number one. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we'll move on now. Mm-hmm to, I believe, one of the lengthier, if not the lengthiest track on the album, Shadow Self. Uh, So let me say some good things before I say some bad things, because uh, this one was very divisive for me. All right. All right. So I I love the use of the dissonant guitar chords uh, on this song. I mean, those can be really hard to use in genres outside of, like, metal and jazz. So the fact that it was used in this, like, folky acoustic rock kind of setting, I thought that was really cool. Well done on that. Um, there's this weird tinny vocoder that's used on like the 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 voice occasionally. I'm not really into that. Didn't fit the mood of the track. Just wasn't needed overall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bass end piano that keeps getting played. Uh, I think it accents it accents the rhythm really well. So I thought that was really cool. Um, added a little more excitement to the track. I did not see like all these mix ups and like stylistic changes coming through this song. Like, there was a lot of that. Like, the first one came around at minute 40 and kind of completely took me by surprise. It was like, wow, this song just changed styles immediately. I feel like it was a really dumbed-down tribute to 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Crimson. Like, at, mm-hmm. just at this one this one portion happens a couple times in the song, but that's what it kind of reminded me of. 
Um, other Another portion where it changed a bit started to feel like a rock opera, and I immediately started to get sour on this track at this point. I was like, you fucking lost me. Uh, I mean, there's a funky portion that comes in after that. See, like, there's just so many change-ups in this goddamn song. The funky yeah. portion is fine, but I think the song needs to settle the hell down because, like, I, 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 I'm fine if songs change up stylistically or genre-wise, like, in one song. Like, I, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of is a mess. Like, it doesn't meld together properly. Nothing feels properly connected. It just feels like several ideas, like, at the last second added into one track. Mm-hmm. So that kind of bothered me a lot. Um, really, most of the instrumentals were fine, though, especially, like, how intense it got at the end, despite of how rock opera it felt towards the end. I like how... It's like the heaviest moment on the album, so I thought that was pretty cool that they brought that in. The choir-like parts can just stop, though. I that, I, I, I especially hated those. Uh, so, again, very divisive. I liked a lot about the song. I hated a lot about the song. So it was hard to score this one properly. I was like, how do I truly feel about this, and where do I feel comfortable ranking it? We'll find out later, but I'm just saying right yeah. now, it was tough. Yeah. Okay, so... Now, rock opera. Okay. So, absolutely. The album that was released in 2000 after his death, uh, I have the t shirt too, I am now showing The Shaming of the True. Uh, that either, huh. that, yeah, that either is or it was a potential rock opera. And in one of my many Kevin Gilbert uh, merchandise musical, you know, you saw it at the beginning. Um, it says, I'm going to pull this open and make a lot of noise while I do it. Um, uh, do, do, do. Ambitions, write a rock opera. Mm. So you're not too far off and uh, apparently goal achieved. Not, um, not quite. This is like the beginning phases of writing one. And if I already don't like it this much, I'm going to hate the entire thing. Well, that's that's fine. You know, Sticks didn't do Kilroy was here for nothing either. So. And I also hate Tommy by The Who. I mean. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm seeing some sort of trends here. I'm, I'm not a fan of rock operas at all. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't recall one off the top of my head where I'm like, you know what? That was decent. No, I hate all of them. Yeah. Um, I think I've listened to some not knowing that's what it was, but I think not knowing kind of ignorance is bliss kind of thing. And then when I find out, I'm like, oh, maybe I like them. Who knows? But uh, I haven't heard enough to really establish an opinion on that. Um, I didn't it didn't feel like it was seven minutes to me. Like it just it it felt (laughs) it felt like an eternity to me. Yeah, I it felt like it kind of went quickly. Um, I like how the song ends with just like the modulated vocals. There wasn't any music for the last sort of, I guess, two, I don't really know what to call them, two portions of the, uh, the vocals. So it's kind of like, it's easier to understand and hear what's being said because you're not listening to, you know, the driving piano and everything over top of it. So I appreciate that. Um, Side side note with this song, um, in the liner notes of the album, this song is called Late for Dinner. And I I don't think it was ever supposed to be called Shadow Self because it is referenced as such nowhere other than just like the back 
of the CD or back of the album. Knowing how the song sounds now, though, that sounds like a very pretentious title. <laughs> I don't know. Something about it just irks yeah. me a bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Shadow Self it is. Um, I'll take it. E- even without reading or knowing the lyrics, the vocals kind of make it feel like there's somebody looming over my shoulder and just sort of talking in my ear, which makes me feel, it has always made me feel like really like, Ugh, get away from me. Like it's that whole kind of, it's a less terrible version of ASMR, which I, I like this song, but stop it. Um, the whole note chords at the low end of the piano really add to that sort of looming, creepy eeriness. Um, as per every show we've ever done, I love the bass line. It's just solid. I like it. Uh, the speed the song picks up to during the quick vocal part, it feels frantic. Um, maybe that adds to sort of that that rock opera feeling where it's like sort of little bits of a, I guess, store, an audible story within seven minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I never I don't think I ever noticed the guitar in uh, my left ear before. It's just it's so quiet. And I literally had to push the uh, the ear against my head to hear it. But. I, uh, I appreciate I appreciated that I found at least one new thing by listening to this again. Yeah, even after all these years. I know. It's like a decade and a half. And then I hear a little bit of a guitar and I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's something new. And then I write in my blog on GeoCities. Everyone will know. And for the millionth time mentioning them the entirety of the podcast, that's how I feel about Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> Every like Even to this day, I'll listen to some of the old albums I've been listening to forever and be like, Oh, I, I don't know how I missed that. And there yeah. it is. So like, it's always a treat to go back and be like, cool, this song is brand new to me now. Oh, hell yeah. And even if it's just that little, little bit, because your brain sort of glosses over what you've heard before, it's so much easier somehow to pick out these new things when it when you can ignore the older stuff. So, Well, especially if you have that. like good headphones too, like that'll yeah. definitely help because maybe there's something in the mix that's buried a little too much, but good headphones will pop it out just a bit more. Yeah. I never appreciated headphones until I started doing this show. You're Ever. welcome. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Whatever. Dollar store. That's fine. Walmart. That's fine. Now I'm buying like $50 headphones going, they're not good enough. <laughs> I need mean, better ones. These these ones, uh, these ones aren't cheap. I've had them for quite a long time and I only use them in my studio. Other than that, yeah. I have like a separate pair for my actual like, you know, walking through daily life. But if I get to listen to music in these ones, it's a treat because like I, nice. most headphones sound like shit to me. So I, I can't even like, bother yeah and by yeah. the way kids let it be known don't buy beats they suck just saying. yeah i hear i hear that uh they're just vastly overpriced for what they are and you can get things for a lower price that are much superior in performance facts because i yeah. mean uh i'm not going to rant about this but i'll say this really quick they say it's studio quality but they're mid-scooped and what that means is you, your highs are really high your lows are super high because that bassy boom but the mids aren't there so like it sounds like a very hollow song it sounds like shit and i don't get like maybe if you don't like audio so much you won't like maybe care and that's fine i guess but if you're an audio producer there's no way you put on a pair of beats headphones and say to yourself this is quality shit it's like no this is just shit i bet dr dre doesn't even wear them he probably didn't even have anything to do with it he's probably just put his name on it to sell it i guarantee it there's yeah. no way he okayed it granted hip-hop production is different but i don't know that's a whole different rant for another day yeah 
Anyways, we still have to talk about Kevin Gilbert. We're not done. Yeah. Uh, Four more songs. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, so in song number seven, Lucky Seven, The Tears of Audrey. Uh, so I appreciate the cooldown of this track. Uh, the, the acoustic is playing out like a really pretty sounding rift. Uh, not rift, but a riff with a chord structure. <laughs> rift is a whole different word. <laughs> the, uh, there's a, like a slide guitar quietly in the background too that i kind of been able to point out. It's kind of like weeping quietly in the background. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a wavy synth that are just playing these chords that fill out the soundscape really well. So everything's kind of melding together nicely in this one. It feels much better, especially the, c- compared to the previous track. Um I feel like this song, this song must have used a, a five-string bass. I mm-hmm. only say that because every once in a while there was an incredibly low-note hit. I mean, I have a five-string bass, so I know exactly what that shit sounds like. And it just sounded like that low B string being plugged at some point. It really added a lot of, like, depth to the sound, which I thought was really cool. Like, more end to the sound than we've been hearing so far in this album. Um, and the time actually felt appropriate in this track all the way to the end. Like, this is one of those ones that didn't feel too long. Everything was good. I like it. Yay, he said something nice. Nice. (laughs) I enjoyed the progression of the song and even into the ending. I do wish it had ended a little differently, though. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like it ended on the wrong chord. Like, you, you have this kind of, like sad or like melancholy kind of song but then it adds on this ends on this like happier sounding chord there's definitely a resolution with it and i don't know it, it should have just stuck to its mood like it should have stuck the landing that it was going for which i would have completely dug in the end not that the ending damaged the score at all yeah but at the same time it just it could have been better if it stuck the landing yeah i i can see that um i <sighs> I, I do agree that this is a nice come down from the last song, little breather, you know, it's all good. Not a it's rock an, opera. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice and pleasant sounding song. Um, despite my love for this album, this song never really got me as much as some of the others did. Um, I do appreciate and like the sound of the steel guitar and what I guess is a synth or keyboard or just keys in general. Um, that with the steel guitar, I really enjoyed. Um, I do kind of see the song as more of a segue song at, rather than like a feature song. I don't know if it's one that I'm going to sort of seek out on the album, but I will not change it if it the album plays through. I, I didn't have too, too much for this. Um, it's never really been sort of a standout to me. It's just sort of more of a... A, a four four and a half minute breather from whatever the hell I just heard. So it's like a late album filler then. Uh yeah, like it seems it seems appropriate, but it's just not it's just not it for me. Well, and I th- I think we have this in almost every single album that we've covered so far, how you get later into the track list, and there's always those one or two songs that's just like probably didn't need to be on the album but they just wanted to fill space so they like yeah. this one was thrown in it, like you don't have to hate the song to think that but just like you know this would have been fine as something else but like not here type thing and it, it's hard to think that because like i've referred to before um my my cloth book of the album i there are i believe three or four cds in here and on a couple of them, the track listings are songs that were omitted for the album. 
So I kind of wonder what made this one like sort of make the cut as opposed to other ones. It must have meant something more to him and he probably thought it was better thematically or yeah. not that it's a concept album, but like the album as, or story as a whole, I guess, probably just it fit better. Yeah. I, ca- I can't say that for fact because I didn't listen to the other songs. I know there's five other songs that we didn't cover today, but I mean, again, they must have just not hit the mark as much as he wanted them to I, I would guess yeah yeah i i i don't want to discredit the song at all i still like it like i said i will never change it if it's on but it's just not my top five spoiler and there's only five other ones before that oh no <laughs> <laughs> and even 10 songs Shit. yeah Speaking of 10, we're almost there. Oh, that's the best segue I got. Uh, number eight, <laughs> uh, Shrug, Because of Me and You. And fun fact, to, uh, as a throwback to anyone who's been around the channel long enough, this is the song Savannah picked for me to listen to. We did a video uh, up in the corner right now. You can see a card I just put up. for. We ranked each other's favorite 90s tracks. And I do remember this one popping <sighs> up. Uh, and... Also, fun fact: I did not go back and see what I thought of the song prior because oh, I didn't. Good. I didn't want that to influence my my current feelings of the song since it's been four or five months since we did that. It's wow. been quite a while. It yeah. was like closer to the beginning, uh, but yeah. So I didn't want that to influence it. So I came in this one fresh mind, only vaguely remembering what the song sounded like since it's been a while. Beautiful. Uh, and I thought this was a single because you p- picked it out, but obviously it's not, so <laughs> nope. whatever. But also, it is radio-friendly single. It's like 3 minutes and 53 seconds. The shortest yep. song on the album. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess I can go a little more in-depth with this one now as, as compared to that video. I'll have to go back and see what I thought of it. Uh, I do really like the shuffling drum pattern that kind of goes throughout the entire song. I think that's a really neat feel. Hasn't really been done yet in the track, uh, or this album, I should say, so... That's pretty cool. Uh, the plucky, almost dead notes guitar push everything forward really nicely, so I thought that was like a good addition to the song as well. The bass line is well thought out despite its simplicity, so th- that's what I kind of like about simplistic like instrumentals at all, is like if they are done properly, they can carry a song just as well. You don't need to make them complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not super complex or technical. Just play something nice and it works. I appreciate that, so... Because then dummies like me who can barely play shit know how to play it on their own bass guitar, so it's all good. Nice. Um, It was a good time to throw those Mellotron flutes back in. I thought that was really cool. I'm always going to compliment a Mellotron. Cause I, like, granted, they don't just do flutes. Like, I, I, I don't have the time to explain what a Mellotron is or how it works because it's pretty weird. But anyways, I always like when a Mellotron's used. You can always tell, and it always sounds fantastic. Uh, I really like what it can add to a track overall, so that's really cool. Um... There's a use, the use of the ride bell, and I, I don't know if it's in the first chorus, but the second one definitely, and it's like playing on the offbeats, mm-hmm. just like a single note on the offbeats, and it's just a very small observation, but it stands out just enough to me to, to make it feel like it has some sort of purpose to serve, so I'm like, I don't know, to break it down to the shortest form, like, it works where it is, and I'm glad it was used the way it was, uh, because, I don't know, especially things that happen on the offbeats always stand out to me, because it's just different because you're expecting just like you know on the beat but yeah works out better that way um the downside to the song though is that nothing really ever takes off in this track Mm -hmm. like uh not that i want anything to change the mood outright but it does flow pretty like evenly throughout the entire track 
it just kind of felt like this one was unfinished. Like yeah. it, it, it sounded like it was running with a really good idea or a couple of really good ideas, but just it was never fully resolved. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe people like the way the song kind of went through. But for me, it was just like something's missing. There could have been a little more flavor. Good track overall. But just, yeah, I was hoping for just a little more out of it without going crazy. So fun fact about this song, it was initially released on this giraffe album in 1987. You see that audio listeners, that CD she's holding up? Yep. See, it's so shiny. Wow. Giraffe's um, on it. <laughs> just, just type in giraffe band, Kevin Gilbert. I don't know. You'll figure it out. Clear. You know what? To be fairly honest, if you clicked this video, you know exactly what I'm talking about already. That or they're just curious to listen. Don't just they're, assume. There's dozens of us. You know what Assume um, does? It makes an ass out of you and you. I'm not me though. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm well aware. That's I I am an ass. It's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the the song sounded vastly different. It was definitely um, the music was rewritten and rearranged and everything. A lot of the lyrics stayed the same, but you know you kind of take an old idea and you're like, wow, uh, this is what seven years later you know change it up a bit so maybe maybe he didn't have as much to work with because he already had an existing piece of something so who knows about that um there's something about the guitar tone in this song i have i am so bad at explaining anything but uh, there is just something it's just something about this guitar tone and it being applied on the higher strings. It There are a, a handful of songs that I can tell you that to me, they kind of sound that they have, they, the guitar sounds like they have the same effect on it. And it makes me feel giddy in my heart and my stomach and my appendages and every core, like the core of my being. I love it. It's the combination of everything. Super giddy. The drum fills. I love that shuffle. It sounds moderately jazzy. And I feel like it complements the song nicely. And it uses the time it has to the fullest. I think it, I didn't feel like it was missing much, um, but uh, I definitely had to go back and re-listen to the song because by the time it was over, I was like, oh shit, I wasn't even listening because I'm just sort of enjoying where it was going. Maybe it is sort of the lack of peaks and valleys in the song where you're listening to it. You're not really sure what part of the song you're at until it ends. You're like, oh crap, I was not paying attention at all. It's, like, I, this is, I guess, kind of and also kind of not irrelevant, so kind of both. I'll just say this really quick, though, because this kind of reminded me of this song that I actually kind of like. It's called Obsidian Currents by uh, the band of Montreal. And it, it gave me the same feeling of, like, I, I like what I'm hearing. Everything is being well done, but there's just not enough to it to be, like, too outstanding. And I kind of it feels like something's missing. Yeah. I, I, like, that's what I was thinking of when I was listening to this song. I was just like, I like it, but there's just... I don't know, just a little more would have been yeah. like great. It's like eating a it's like eating a broth soup as opposed to eating like chunky soup. You're like, there's just there's not enough in my soup. There's just just water. What is this? I can slurp this all day, but I need to be full by the end of this bowl. Uh, hey, that rhymed. I like that. Yeah. 
unintentional, but hey, it happened. Song, song lyrics. It started here. Excuse me, I'm gonna write down that wrong. <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I have for that one. Just uh, uh, mostly raving reviews, if not all. Uh, generally, for me too. Like, I mean, aside from that one gripe, I mean, it's yeah. still a pretty solid track. All right, so song number nine, the penultimate song. Fall, wait, all fall down, not just fall down. All fall down. So uh, this one starts with the horns. This is where the saxophone from like like three quarters of an album ago got lost and couldn't find its way to this track. Yeah. Uh, but I do love the horns in this song. Uh, I love the good soft horn arrangement to start out everything out. It sounds pretty. Reminds me of... Um, it, it, I don't know why, even though it doesn't sound the same, it, bringing up another song, it reminds me of... Um, Butcher by Metric, which is one of their earliest songs before they were even like a well-known band. Oh, wow. It's literally just like this horn section, light drums, and Emily Haynes singing in a very high-pitched voice. But anyway, still, like it, I like that song a lot. It reminded me of that. So I was like, hey, I like this vibe already. Yeah. Um, my opinion changed a little when the rest of the band kicked in. Not that I hate it, though. I just want to make that very clear. But I was just liking what was happening before. But as the song went on, I found I kind of liked what was happening anyways. Although I was still nostalgic just for like the the horns and maybe some singing on top of it, just I don't know something about that. Just I'm a sucker for like sappier sounding things, I guess. I don't know, and that's kind of yeah. what it felt like. Um, I think going into like one of the verses, I can't really remember where. Maybe the second verse. There's like these drum rolls that keep happening through the verse. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, it makes even the quieter parts feel like a little more grand. So mm-hmm. it's always nice to have that feeling of a pick me up, even in like not softer songs. But if I say that, I think you know what, especially you know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah. As you said, you can kind of recall right off the top of your head. I am playing it in my head currently. Um, there's like this Rhodes style piano that's happening like during the courses that makes the song feel very 80s. Just something about the tone of it. I don't know if it's its own tone or if it's like a double layered instrument like of like synth and Rhodes piano, but it just doesn't feel fitting. There's something uh, off. This song, just like the last one, was released in the late 80s under the draft band and then was reworked for this album. So you're They should have reworked it just a smidge more. Because <laughs> like I liked essentially what was happening in the song, but that just... It felt out of place. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being too nitpicky, but it just I didn't think it sat properly. Um, this song feels like a good fit for the bass to take charge for the most part, which I feel like it did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't completely in your face, but like I just felt like it was one of the more notable parts of the song because like it stood out like in the mix a little more. So I thought that was a good choice. Uh, I okay. So. Um, listening to the lyrics of this song, because like I said, um, lyrical analysis, extraordinary. Um, this being released in the late 80s initially and then reworked for a ni- 1994 album, I am going ahead, shot in the dark here. I assume this song is about the Cold War. Um, the lyrics are pretty much, you know, like all fall down, drop a bomb, we're all dead. Um I feel like the drum rolls and the horns kind of add a feeling of like marching and kind of, you know, that sort of military sort of feel. And I like that the music changes halfway through. I actually didn't notice that the horns and the drum rolls went away until I kind of thought about it and went, wait, where did the horns go? And then I had to go back and find, I think it's about, it's almost right at the halfway point that they sort of change and they disappear. 
Um, it is easy to miss until you're wondering where the horns went. Um, the <laughs> I never noticed the bass slides at the end. Um, you could definitely hear the strings. I'm a sucker for that. I'm just a sucker for bass in general. Like they always say that the bass players don't get the girls. Well, I mean, if I wasn't already in a committed relationship, hit me up. <laughs> um, and the na na nas in the background with the background vocals definitely give me hands across America vibes where it's just, you're going back and forth. You're na, 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 na. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's all I feel for that one. So that's all I got for that. Uh, you had less notes than I did about that one. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I didn't want to go full on, you know, this is what this song means, but you kind of hit the nail on the the head with a lot of the stuff that did you Did this actually make any references to what you would make it feel like the Cold War? Because, like, I get the idea of the drum rolls adding, like, this marching thing, but, like, the Cold War didn't actually have any real fighting. It was all, like, paperwork at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, Cold War literally meant, like, yeah, no actual guns were fired. Oh. Just, like, pointing fingers and being angry and stuff. And he, sh- he said, she said bullshit. Uh, I think better quit letting shit slip. Okay, anyways, Limp Bizkit. Um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, to read one of the verses and then sort of draw conclusions. Like, like I said, could be wrong. I am definitely not good with history or any sort of me neither. But anything, I mean. um, but the verse. Uh, this is the second verse of the song. Look at them now, drawing little lines with their speeches, each daring the other to cross. It won't be long now, because one will make a stand he believes in, believing it's well worth the cost. Then the other gets angry, refuses to budge, fueled by some understandable grudge. And now we wait quietly till the missile arrives. There's no need to shout about the end of our lives. Hmm. Depressing. It definitely is. (laughs) But with the horns, you'd never know. (laughs) Guess so, huh? Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. So it, it, it could be about a number of things, I'm supposing. But yeah, being written in the 90s, Cold War was over by that point. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was re- it was written in the late 80s. Late? Okay, that makes a little more sense. Then. So yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to say. It, uh, I don't know. I, again, I'm not a history buff either, so I couldn't point you in any direction. I'm just, I'd, I'm wondering if it would indeed about be about the Cold War. Yeah. But who knows? Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. Definitely not me either. And I will say really quick before we go on to the next song, like, I, I think it would have worked fine. Like, I, I will contradict this note in a minute, and I, I'm acknowledging that right now. I think this song would have been fine as an album ender. Uh, mm-hmm. It just had that vibe about it and just the way it ended and everything like that. It, it felt complete. But now we'll go into song 10 because this transition's fine with my next notes. Uh, <laughs> song for a dead friend, which... Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you want to? This one, this is sad. I mean, like, this is a heartbreaking choice to end the album on what essentially is a eulogy. It makes me want to cry just thinking about it, and this song will never fail to make me cry. Well, it, it it's a eulogy, it really is. <laughs> like, just like, hey, uh, I wish I was a better friend for you, and I wish you like I was as good for you as you were for me, type thing. So, like, and that's the entire premise of it, yeah. like breaking it down. Uh, the piano chords are fantastic in it. I thought it was really nice, obviously, like, just really sad, too. Uh, they add a lot of emotion and tension to the track. Uh, the acoustics that eventually accompany the piano are extremely fitting. Uh, they do a lot to add more voicing to the piano rather than stand out on their own. Mm-hmm. And I thought that did really well to kind of, like, add a little more to the track without being too much. Um, 
it didn't bother me that the song was nearly six minutes. Like, granted, it it got, like, a little repetitive as it went, but, like, you felt understanding about it. You knew why it was. You didn't yeah. need the song to go on, like, 20 different sections, and here's the second course. Here's a bridge. Like, yeah. it was just because, like, this is a goodbye letter, essentially. So, I mean, like, it was a hell of a note to leave off on, but to be fair, like, I, I feel like one way or another, like, Maybe this shouldn't have been in the end of the album, but also I couldn't see this fitting anywhere else on the album yeah. without, without absolutely crushing the mood. Yeah. So it's just, I like this song. I really do. I just don't know if it should have been on the album. It should have been into like on standalone. Like if, if this song was like brand new released like this year, we live in a time now where singles are the bigger release than an actual album itself. Mm-hmm. So if this song came out as a single, I think it would have done fantastically. But just, yeah, being on, like, a 10-song album that kind of jumps all over the place with its kind of mood a little bit. I, I do love this song. I can't imagine it anywhere else on the album. I'm glad it's on the album. I just, it, it's conflicting to know if I'm okay with it being on the album. Yeah. Considering it's, like, again, All Fall Down felt like a great ender. But then you have this one. It's just, like, the encore, but it's the really sad encore. Like Now, is it just the, like, the the subject matter or is it just the how slow and so like sort of oh it's no it's subject matter yeah yeah, i can can cut you off right there because only because it's the subject matter like i don't care about the speed like you want to have like a really slow ballady type thing as your closer i mean that i'm cool with that yeah um but just it's there's something about everything we've been through up up to this point in the album it's like this is a really touching extremely personal song yeah uh so just i don't know like I don't even know if, like, I can keep track of how I feel about the placement of the song in my head anymore. Just that I really like the song. Uh, I mean, I guess it's fine on the album because, I mean, I discovered it this way, so I'm glad I did. Yeah. I don't know. Just, wow. It really, it, it left me sitting quietly in my room after I finished listening to the album. I just sat there for a minute and was like, damn. Yep. Started thinking about my own friendships. I'm just like, wow, maybe I shouldn't take advantage of this, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Self-reflection. Yep. The, like I said, this song will never fail to make me cry. Uh, I, I honestly didn't write too much about it. It I just wanted to cry. I, I feel pain. I feel sadness. Um, it To me, it is a perfect album ender. Like you said, where the fuck would you put that anywhere else? Even, as, even in the middle, like, it wouldn't work. Yeah, or even like um, just put it up one position having a song to follow this would be stupid there's why would you even you're you're sitting there with welled up tears and a heavy chest and then you got to listen to one more song hell no so i think this is a perfect album ender it leaves me with a feeling uh, like an appropriate feeling of loss and sadness and just like you every single time I hear it if I'm not sort of just blinking through tears I'm just sitting there quietly and it's just like wow that that was heavy that was some heavy shit well and I keep drawing it back because this is your favorite album type thing and we did mine so I, I gotta keep drawing it back to like year zero from by nine inch nails it's like when songs like another version of the truth or zero sum pop up like those are the ones that always like hit me hardest like another version of the truth if I'm not mistaken that was my number one song because just like in that song was like instrumental so the fact that it touched me that emotionally is crazy because you get the sense of like the emotion the song's trying to tell you to feel like 
first there's like this anxiety and kind of like panic type feeling, but then there's just like acceptance that you're at the end. Like it's, it's that sad. So you just know what's happening. And I guess with this song with you, it's the same thing of like, yes, this feels final because quite literally it is. And not only that, but this is the last song on his last album, which is even like harder to really swallow. I think that that's why deep down I just want to cry because I always think I'm like, in what, in a year and a half, he's gone. Like, that sucks. Yeah, and he didn't release, like, another album, like, nothing, not an EP while he was alive, like, like after this one? I Not to my knowledge, no. And I would the, assume uh, that you would know. His, uh, his estate, or I guess, like, I guess his friends really... Uh, finished a half-finished album and then released that in 2000. That's exactly what happened with Elliot Smith and from the yeah. from a basement on the hill. The exact he died halfway through the production yep. of that album. They came, like you'll notice that some songs on the album just sound completely different from what he would do. It's because literally people came in and finished it. Yeah, like using whatever notes they could find, whatever recordings there were. Yeah, and then they were uh, released. Shaming of the true. Uh. We we've really got to do Elliot Smith one. I I, I I've brought him up more than nine inch nails yes. on this podcast. Yes, and I think I'm gonna have to rearrange our schedule because I don't like. I think we do have an Elliot Smith album, but it's so fucking far down the road. I like. I, I we gotta just do fucking do it. God damn that's, it. That's that's how I felt about this one. I'm like, why did I put this so far away? Like, ah, yeah, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to look into that. But anyways, that's yep. for then. This is for now, and we have reached the end of Kevin Gilbert's Thud album. Not such a long album. Uh, it was like fifty-ish minutes, I think, yeah. and it was like only yep. ten tracks, so it's not that not that bad to sit through. I mean, mm-hmm. the so- each song is fairly long. Again, like average, like five-ish minutes. Like it's, but it's it's not that bad. I, I I didn't have a bad time listening to it. Yeah. And if you also made it through this album, just like we did, well, thank you very much for doing that, and thank you very much for watching us talk about this. Uh, yeah. We are obviously very curious about your opinions on this album. What do you think about these tracks? You can always let us know. You can always like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, follow, and anything else that, you know, again, musical community, build, and talk about this album because it's part of that community since, you know, Kevin Gilbert's thud is now a brick in this wall that we're building. Yeah. And you can help put it down in cement, lay the brick, you know, yeah. cheap labor. <laughs> but now, as if that was the end of the podcast, because it's not, we go on to part two where we rank the songs, finding out what we thought was the worst to best. Although, in this case, there's probably no worst to best. It's yeah. especially for you. I'll say that. Much. Oh, hell no. I don't hate any of them. I just love some of them. Yes, more so than others. So, <laughs> obviously, one's got to come at the bottom, one's got to go to the top. So, we will discover that right now as the graphics above our head change. Boom, right there. Our names, a bunch of empty numbers, and some Kevin Gilbert songs will be there momentarily. So, I guess we can dive right into this one pretty quickly, and that's fine because I got my list in front of me. So, I, I, I'm pretty sure most of what I was saying kind of made some of my placements obvious, but we'll see right now. All right. Starting with song number 10, Goodness Gracious. The Tears of Audrey. Tears. Cool. Number nine, Shadow Self. All Fall Down. I'm actually kind of surprised uh, that I didn't put Shadowfall at t- uh, Shadow Self at 10. Uh, yeah. Just because of rock opera. But I don't know. Just I guess Goodness Gracious wasn't all that for me. Anyways, number eight, Waiting. T for one. Remember, I said zero, you said two. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling the zero pretty heavily right now. Number seven, When You Give Your Love to Me. Yep. Waiting. 
one off. There it is. I told you we'd be close on some of them, at the very yeah. least. Ugh. Number six, Joytown. Joytown. Oh, okay, we got one. Well, that <gasps> means we're in the middle right now. <laughs> no one's right and wrong at this point. All right. Although you were technically more correct than me because I said zero. At least there's at least one going on. And I, I see the rest be. though. Number five, all fall down. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. <laughs> Had to at some point. Number four, the tears of Audrey. When you give your love to me. When you dot dot dot. And I'm just gonna draw a smiley face because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's my notes. I can do whatever I want. Number three, tea for one. Song for a dead friend. Song for a dead friend. This is the last one that we can match on. This is your two. Shrug. I hate you so much. Nailed shadow it. shadow self. <laughs> Ew. And number one, song for a dead friend. Shrug. I'm I'm a sucker for sad songs. What can I say? Like I yeah. this has happened more than once throughout the entirety of the podcast. Like obviously if a song is sad enough on an album, I'll probably rate it pretty goddamn high. If there's no sad songs, I'll take like the most weirdest aggressive one. Yeah. Well, this this one was honestly very well done and it not feeling as long as it was is it was effective. I'm surprised it wasn't your number one only because of you, like how much it emotionally affected you and you had yeah. nothing but good things to say. So it's like, God, you are hard to please. Well, okay. I'm, I am going to say that. If it makes me cry, it's likely coming at number one. <laughs> the, the top three, they were all ranked. They were all rated the same, but I go by what can I listen to over and over and over. And that shit, I cannot listen to over and over. Fair. I, I had to for this and I've never had a personal friend pass away, but after listening to the song a couple times, I felt like I did. So that is a very intense and uh, meaningful feeling. And I don't think I could listen to that over and over and over without just losing my shit. I don't blame you. It can be pretty difficult. Yeah. But with that said, and still talking about that incredibly sad song, it's time to find out where Kevin Gilbert's thud uh, thuds down into our tier list. Do, 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 do. Okay, you know what? I appreciated that one. That one was good. Will it thud like a dud or will it, I don't know, be high? I don't know. I've got nothing else to follow that. I should have just that, left it alone. Oh, that that was, that. I uh, insert uh, insert NASA rocket name here. It went up and then pff, right down to the ground. Oh, the Challenger. Oh, people are going to boo, Savannah, boo. Yeah, there people we go. died, boo. There we go. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll forget about the NASA Challenger disaster and go on to the album rating a screen. Why don't we do that now? <laughs> yes, please. Please, let's do that now. The album rating screen. God, I missed you. What has it been? An entire week? Anyways, yes, we're here right now. Yay. And we have a spot somewhere on this list. Maybe it's on the stacked B tier. Maybe it's somewhere in the A tier. We don't know yet, but Kevin Gilbert is waiting to get somewhere in here. And I know, I know you're anxious to find out. I am. Uh, I don't have, I don't know. I, I want to say I don't have high hopes, but you could also surprise me. I, I know nothing. You... You might be surprised. I'll say that mm. much. I, I, we're at the point now where I can start spoiling this, obviously. Oh, yeah. So off camera, I asked you what you thought I was going to score the album. Mm -hmm. You originally said 75, but then you said you were going to be modest and say 71. Yeah. 
and then there was a, like a 3% margin of error. You uh, you threw a dart, and you got it dead center in the fucking board. 71 even. <laughs> not even a percentage point over or under. 71%. I'm not even kidding. Oh, fu- oh my god, it feels so good to be this awesome. <laughs> On the album you chose, too, that, that's a sign of something. So, like, yeah, obviously didn't hate this album. Yeah. Uh, didn't probably like it as much as you would want me to, but at the same time, B-tier is nothing to complain about. Yeah, it... Um... Uh, yeah, it it hurts me that it isn't uh, like 87, but <laughs> the fact that I was right and it is on record, um, I will take that as a huge W I'm going to remind myself of every week going forward. Exactly. It negates the idea that it didn't make it into the 80s that you just you nailed this the actual real score. Oh, yeah. You know what? If I nailed it at 55, whatever, it's a 55 percent album, but I was right. <laughs> Yes, but now let's see how much you nailed it with your own score. What do you got for it? Oh, fucking 82.5. <laughs> that is still lower than I thought you were going to score. <laughs> well, they all can't be 10s. I mean, I did put four of them at 10. Oh, fair. I didn't. I think the highest song I scored was like an eight. Well, but, see, that's your problem. But the thing is, they all fell generally within the same range of score. Yeah. Like nothing. I think the lowest was like a six, and that was one yeah. song. Same. My my lowest was a six and a half, and my highest was a ten. But the overall album score with a combined total, it comes to an average of 76.75%. This is like our fourth, what, fourth B-tier album in a row. Mm-hmm. It Although hurts. I will say, because it's seventy six point seven five, it's a B plus tier. Damn right. There you go. It gets the extra mark. It's B plus. And that gets nestled in between Cynic and Animals as leaders. Holy shit, that's way up there. Eh? Damn right it is. So I will do this in real time, like I always do. I'm just looking down my list. Uh, God, there's so many names on here. Animals as leaders down to RHCP right there. I will move them out of the mm-hmm. way i'm yeah. gonna have to once again shrink everything down this is just becoming a thing to do now you know what you don't have to shrink it down you can just push uh the chili peppers just off the list but me. i gave it an 80 so i'm gonna go ahead and say fuck you well i <laughs> i gave it a 60 60 and a half so yeah well i'm controlling the list so i think i get more of a say <laughs> than you do uh fine you so, in this one so let's go for kevin gilbert animals leaders uh, no, no, wait, I, I'm doing this wrong now. Animals as Laters, I think... No, I'm still doing this wrong. <laughs> this is all in real time. People get to watch me actually, like, make a fool of myself. There we go. Uh, and I need to add Cynic in there, too. We're going to shrink it down in real time. Boom! There it goes. Yay. <laughs> that took longer than it should have because I'm an idiot. But here it is, the way-too-stacked B-tier, because now we added Kevin Gilbert into the mix. You know what? It is top five... And when when you're looking at scores and there's the top 10, you really just pay attention to who's top three. Maybe I'll look at the top five and anything after that. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I feel good about this. And the more albums that we add to this, the top 10 will eventually seem like the most important. But yes, the fact that (laughs) Kevin Gilbert at this point in time sits at number four overall. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, It feels like my birthday, yet it's not even close. Well, there you go, another B tier album, but this one was B plus. So we yeah. have we have a streak of Bs, but this one was the best B of the four so far. Yeah, top five. Yeah, you got to feel proud about that one. I the am one, so pleased. 
Granted, the one I wanted real bad came at number two, so I get more bragging rights out of that. That is totally fine. For an album and artist that I don't believe you had ever heard of before oh, speaking to me. I didn't know he having, worked for Sheryl Crow. I mean, I didn't know any of this shit. Yeah, and having that album come in at uh, top, like, number four out of 27 records, I'm very pleased. I did not expect it to hit uh, tier A with our combined scores because, like, it's just it wasn't going to but i'm very pleased at where it landed and i can walk away uh and think you know what maybe i will do another episode and not want to strangle chris so thank you all right i, I like how it was like two percent off of probably being strangled like how dare you see plus tear this album oh yeah oh yeah oh you would have been done Done. Even 71%. But yes, yeah, 76.75. That's where Kevin Gilbert ends up on our list. Nearly top of the B tier, just under Cynic. But again, that is nothing to whine about. That is uh-huh. a really good position to be in, considering as of right now, it's number four. Hell yeah. I keep like hiccuping and burping. I got to stop this Oof. shit. It's a good thing we're at the end of the podcast now, so I can just go and be sick somewhere else. <laughs> but yes, you've made it all the way to the end of the podcast now. We are done. So thank you very much for watching this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you heard some uh, new music you hadn't been used to before and you really enjoyed the album, maybe. You can always let us know. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, comment on what you thought about the album. Did you like this? Did you like this album? Where would you rank the songs? Rate the record? What did you think of each song? You can always let us know in the comments of the videos and everything like that. Or you can let us know on social media as well. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Rate the Record Podcast. We're on Twitter at Rate the Record. And of course, you can just send email correspondence. Hello there, young children, uh, fellow <laughs> kids. Yes, you can send emails, rate the record at gmail.com. Because we don't want to just know what you think of this album. We want to know all of them. So again, you can always watch the other content and let us know. Oh, heck yes. And I just want to mention one more time, too, the Kofi page that we have just started. You can always donate financially if you so choose. Completely optional. Kofi.com slash rate the records. Link is in the description. Also on the bottom of the screen. Uh, I will put it somewhere near the top this time, not on Savannah's face. Thank <laughs> so, you. Thank you. It was just the one time. Just the one time. Well, Wait, you know what? what I see that? That... Is it in the top left corner now? Wow. Oh, God. Where is it going? I'm, you know, I got, I'm making myself edit a lot. <laughs> I, I see that you've had a, uh, a nice week to get your nice fancy haircut. And uh, last week, I said that a $10 donation will get a lock of your hair. Um, I really do hope that you have 50 envelopes with locks in them. Uh, so for every $10 donated, Chris has agreed, whether he knows it or not, to give you a lock of his hair. Uh, I didn't see this money, so I don't donate anything. I waited until we were on air to say it. Excellent. Well, I, <laughs> until you show me the proof, then I'm going to keep my hair stuffed in a drawer somewhere, as I always do for the last 30-something years of my life. <sighs> well, you know what? At least you're keeping organized, so I can't fault you for that one. I, I need to I need a storage locker for all the hair I have. But anyways, <laughs> yes, we are at the end of the podcast. But before we let you go, we usually like to give you like a little weensy bean of a teaser about what to expect next week, as we always do. And I am delighted to tell you that next week starts like a string of request episodes. Ooh. We're finally getting back into those. Not only is it going to be just one, every other episode for the next handful are pretty much going to be requests. We got a lot of them lately. Thank you so much for keep like requesting albums. Keep bringing them 
in. We'll see what we can do about them and everything like that. So, yes, thank you very much. But, yes, next week is a fan request episode. It's going to be really great. It's a Canadian alt-rock band who found their biggest success in the late 80s and early 90s. And the album that we're looking at is their most commercially successful that they have. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Nickelback, so just tune out now. Yeah, you know what? Just well, We're never going to do Nickelback. Maybe April Fool's. We'll see. Uh, or no, if someone uh, requests it, we will do it upon request. Please request the state if you're going to request a Nickelback album. Please don't request any other album but the state. I will also take Curb. I think that's their first one. Like the EP, like their I, demo. What Their first and second album EP release, whatever, solid. Anything after that, please. I, swear I, I, to God. I think Curb had a, like a lot of the demo versions of what yeah. would eventually be on the state. All right, whatever one has Leader of Men on it, I like that song. Uh, both of them do, but it, the the cleaner studio version of Leader of Men yeah. is on the state. I agree. And also Old Enough and everything like that. Yeah, so, yeah. All, right. You know, the good like Nickelback that. tracks. Yeah, I like They're those. there. Ugh. But anyways, request whatever album we want. It's fine. It doesn't have to be Nickelback. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of other better bands. <laughs> So until we can get all this sorted out, join us next week for, again, another fan request episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, go listen to some awesome music like this Kevin Gilbert album that you probably haven't heard. Go check it out. It's pretty good. Go check that out, and we'll see you next week. So take care, friends. Bye.